1: Welcome back to the Blue Stable podcast, guys. The official podcast of Fansider for the Colts. I mean, man, it is one hell of a week. We got so much going on in sports. We got the Colts returning to Indy. Everyone is in Indy. We're, we're, we got football going on in Indianapolis. We got playoffs, playing tournament. We're going to get into everything. But of course, as always, I am your host as always. Michael is Joined by me is Destin Adams. We will miss Rashad. Once again for this show, but we will have him back soon enough. So good luck with that wedding, wedding brother. We will uh, hold it down for you. So, Dustin, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I mean,
2: I uh, it, it sucked not being here with you guys on Monday. Um, I had to pack. Um, I tried to get around it. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you see that my uh, cult background is gone. Um, it's because my podcasting area is currently overrun um with boxes and everything like that so now I'm uh, out in our living room. I've been kicked to the living room for to be able to record by the
1: wife. Um but super excited to be back. Absolutely and hey I mean we it's a big milestone in our lives when we get to move. And uh I remember when we moved from one apartment to another we literally did that in two days and that was not the intention. We just got the ball rolling and we just did not stop. So hey it happens. Uh <laughs> Getting started here, I mean, we got to, it's a pretty big time in the NBA right now. So I feel like we got to spend, spend a little bit of time on this before we get started with some Colts football. But man, Destin, this um, playing tournament that has been talked about for the last year or so, um, we've seen it play out. Right now, the Pacers <laughs> uh, did not go their way. They got destroyed against the Washington Wizards. I mean, it
2: depends on what you mean by their way. I mean, I wanted to lose to the Hornets. I I wanted to be on the first um, ticket to the lottery. Um, Obviously, it it took two games for it to happen because, for whatever reasons, the Hornets couldn't even allow the Pacers to tank. Um, But as a Pacer fan, with all the injuries that that this team's had this year, I mean, I was really ready to just move it to the lottery. I mean, they're going to have to play in the playoffs without two of their five starters. Like, well, what's the point? And actually Karis LeVert got COVID like this week. So (laughs) therefore they are going to play without three of their five. The Pacers had no business trying to get Uh, into the playoffs this year. I'm glad that the Russell Westbrook trend of being able to be his best damn self against the Pacers kept going.
1: Look, from an outsider's perspective, Pacers need to blow it up, man. They got coaching issues year after year. The players can't be coached. It's Nate McMillan one year and then the next year, surprisingly, surprisingly, Nate McMillan is actually doing great. But now the new coach comes in. Oh, we have a problem with him too. So that's just an outsider's perspective. It just depends on what you mean by blow it up, I guess. I mean, I think there are very
2: few untouchable players in the NBA, like across the entire league. Like, there are very few teams that actually have a guy that I would deem untouchable. Like you're a Mavericks fan. Luke is one of them. Like I would say he's untouchable. Like anyone right. who called to trade for him, like there's not a package I'm taking, but like there, there are very few players in the league that's the case for. I mean, you could probably say LeBron, like you're not going to trade LeBron. You're not going to trade Anthony Davis anymore. You're not going to trade Luca. You're not going to trade Giannis, but like, and you're not going to trade Durant. You're not going to trade Harden. And obviously the Rockets had to. Like like the only reason you're trading those guys is if they want out. But for the Pacers, I mean, I would just build around Karis LeVert and Sabonis. I mean, whatever else they want to do. I mean, there's no one else that I would deem that you have to keep. But I think a young core, you're getting T.J. Warren back, who is just an automatic scorer. So not having him this year hurt, not having Karis LeVert when he was going through his um, – cancerous tumor they found like that sucked for a couple of months it just really felt like the Pacers really never had a chance to be stable this year Um, so it it sucked Um, fire the coach fire fire Nate
1: 2.0 firing another coach yeah firing another Nate so do we do we get to fire any players that are responsible for the bad play I mean I don't think
2: I think running it back when you're a team that's not a contender is dumb and the Pacers did that. I mean, they, they decided to basically run it back. The only acquisition they made was re-signing Justin Holiday, And I, I'm never for that. I mean, I think there's definitely some guys you should trade. I mean, Pacer fans won't like it, but I, I think you should trade Miles Turner. Um, I think his value is going to be as high as it's ever been this offseason. Hey, I mean,
1: I'll give you Boban for Miles Turner. There you go. I did so, not say I would give him to the Mavericks. Hey, I mean – if he was a free agent, I'd bet Miles Turner wants to come back home. Why not? Uh give the twin towers Miles Turner and KP. I mean, that's the Twin Towers right there. But um, uh, but this playing tournament, man, it there were a couple of games that you would tune into, but that were just not entertaining whatsoever. Um, Wizards and Celtics, that, that was entertaining, but Hornets and Pacers was not entertaining at all. That was a blowout. I'll the game we wanted to watch it before the blowout. No, I don't I forced myself to watch it. Uh I think when I watched it I think you guys already had like a 20 point lead already. So. Oh no. The yeah, the Pacers were blowing the Hornets out from like the first whistle for whatever reason. Yeah, I, uh, that that's what I had had happened but Memphis man. Dude, that was a fun Christ. game. But both both of the West um, playing games
2: were good. The first play-in games. I mean we 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 won't, we haven't seen the second yet. But I mean, the the Grizzlies were handling the Spurs. The Spurs made a comeback. The Grizzlies ended up holding it off and winning. I mean, that's that's who everyone wants to win. That like I think teams are just done. I mean, fans are just done watching that Spurs team.
1: Yeah, I mean, Demar Derozan's set to be a free agent. Rudy Gay, hey, I mean, as a vet, he can be he can be really strong for you. Uh, I think he might even be a better option than Carmelo Anthony at this stage in their careers. But hey, man, I mean getting to this game that was last night, highly anticipated matchup. I mean, we were, hell, we were treating it like it's game seven, game seven of the NBA finals. So Lakers and Warriors, man, that was a very, very, very entertaining game. I watched it from the tip all the way to the final whistle. And man, my, my takeaway was the Warriors really let the Lakers off the hook. They, they really did. They controlled the whole game. I know they they picked it up defensively. I know that, but the Warriors were still hitting their shots. They were still getting going offensively. Draymond was still Man, dude, I Draymond is is who you want to run your franchise. He he just is the leader, the passion. He's basically just a heavier point guard. I mean, he's a teacher on the floor one of the best defenders in the game and he reminded us of that last night. There's nothing about this dude that you honestly can't like. I'm not even a Warriors fan and I love this dude. I want now, him in a Mavericks some, uniform.
2: I said so now some NBA fans are going to disagree with you that that you can't you can't not like him. Um because some people think he's like as dirty as they come. I love watching Draymond. I've always loved oh, it. Yes. I mean, he's just he's just like one of those like full of grit, 110% um, effort kind of guys. Um, and he's never been a guy that has been forced to be something he's not. Like I've always just felt like these like defensive first guys always get shoved into having to be these offensive players. And it's just always so dumb. I mean, if, if you're excellent at something, be excellent at it. Like, don't like, don't force yourself into what people think you should be. And Draymond's never let the outside world dictate what he is, what he's going to mm-hmm. do. He's just always been Draymond Green. And I've always appreciated that. Now, that, that game last night, I mean, that was by far the best game. I think everyone knew that was going to be the best game. I mean, yeah. Curry,
1: Curry has been as hot as you can get well, the last, every, like, three months. Not everybody thought it was going to be the best game because everybody said the Lakers would destroy the Warriors. They said they were – too strong too long they're healthy now and I mean we even had this discussion with uh Eric off off the record about you know you should be scared of the Warriors and last night proved you should be scared of the Warriors the Warriors gave the Lakers every chance to win that game and LeBron took it I mean that's what great generational talents do it does not surprise me he made the shot it does not surprise me that's what we expect from LeBron James but the Warriors I felt in the second half tried to get a little too fancy a little too fancy and trying to do these backdoor cuts these backdoor passes bounce passes just doing too much uh shifting fancy stuff and it, it hurt him in my opinion so they let the Lakers off the hook um on LeBron man I mean if after his NBA career I gotta give it to you, man. He should start filming some movies. He really hey, space Space Jam 2 is on the way. I mean, hey, I think I think the play-in game was just his his first
2: act of his acting career, basically. Like he, he's just preparing for it. I have never seen a man just portray that you're on your deathbed as well as LeBron James did after getting smacked on the forehead by Draymond Green. I mean It it was, it was beautiful. It was just watching the reaction, watching him flail on the ground. It looked like he was like twitching his leg. Like he was trying to make it look like he was dying. Um, And it it, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. It it made the game so much more enjoyable. I mean, LeBron, I, I don't think you'll ever get a person to argue how talented LeBron James is, but if people want to ask, why do people hate on LeBron James? You should just watch his reaction to being fouled last night on a loop. Like, like it's just so easy not just to watch like this how, guy. Just
1: watch, how, just watch how he reacts
2: his whole career. Just. Oh, but that, that one was something else, man. Dude, and then no, that one hitting was the the game, hitting Hitting the game winner and then in his post-game conference saying, I saw three rims. I just aimed for the middle.
0: Are you serious, right, LeBron? Right. Like, don't
2: be corny. Like, come on. Like, you're a young kid. You came from Akron. Like, don't don't let Hollywood change you this much. Like, you don't gotta be an actor. You don't gotta. But it's whatever. Um, the Lakers ended up winning. Really fun game. But hey, this is an NFL podcast. This is a Colts podcast. Do we need to get off the NBA? Yes. But are we gonna use this topic to go into something? For sure. So, Michael. <laughs> the play in tournament has been this huge big ordeal. Um, there's been so many people that are against it. There's so many people that think it's a great idea, but my, my question for you is, is, is this something that the NFL should look into doing? No. Like everyone wants to expand the playoffs in some way. Like, should there be a play in style game right before the playoffs, like a week 19, almost just for those card esque teams to try to get into the playoffs to add a spot or two?
1: I say no, but I, I would definitely – if this was a thing I could put in DraftKings, I would bet $500 the NFL will do this because it's going to drive ratings. It's going to drive up money and everything like that. So I say no personally. I just don't know what you're getting out of it. If you're a team that's sorry, then you're Sorry uh if you're a team that's not then you will be in the playoffs that's just how it goes and i i truly in the next two years i expect that to be done i truly do i wouldn't even be surprised if last minute in june or july they start getting this thing in motion they start putting it in motion because i dude i do not want to watch freaking who would who would ideally be in an eight nine or a seven-eight matchup to get the seventh seed. I mean, it'd be a bunch of those wild card teams. So it'd be like the NFC
2: West probably would have a few that would be in there. Um, you, you'd probably see maybe one of the AFC South teams that didn't win the division up there, like, so like Pittsburgh, so, like
1: Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. I'll just throw one out there. Do you think Pittsburgh's yeah. even gonna? Do you even think Pittsburgh's gonna win eight games? No, no. Oh, so they're not going to be there. I'm just throwing something out there. I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch Jacksonville when I know they suck. I don't want to watch New York Jets when I know they don't have a quarterback. They don't have anything good. I, I, I mean, I don't want to watch that. that. I mean, good for you, NFL, getting more ratings, more ticket sales, more so forth and so on. I would be all for if you just want to stretch the playoff field to eight games. Hey, let's do that. You know, let's go. Let's let's go look. Let's let's make this a
2: little bit more realistic. Let's go look at what teams that just missed the playoffs last year would have benefited from a a play in style. So the 10 and 6 Dolphins would probably be the most notable. Absolutely. Like, Like that's a team that would have gotten in if there was a little bit of a play in style. The next one, I mean, there's not a lot of the next team like there's not a nine win team that missed the playoff last year so the next one would be like the Arizona Cardinals last year the I mean mean, that's really I mean the Raiders last year were eight and eight a bunch of seven win teams last year so like last year I mean there's not that many teams that I would say like man I wish I wish those guys would have been in the playoffs so we could watch them play because right even the dolphins last year they weren't they weren't a team that like i I liked rooting for the dolphins and i loved rooting against them that last week so the colts got in the playoffs but they're not a team that you
1: watch and you're like man they're so fun to watch dude they're so boring to watch like i don't know why it is so boring to watch Tua a throw the football in the nfl it's boring
2: it was always better when ryan fitzpatrick would come in and 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 play
1: a closer Oh, dude, I hate that freaking Brian Flores did that. I hate that.
2: Hey, it won them games. You, they they had to do what was best for them. So I hey, will say, but... to answer the question that we brought up originally, I don't. I I'm I am team play in for every other sport almost. I want a play-in system for college football because I think it's the perfect way for them to expand their playoff. Um, First of all, only having four teams is ridiculous. College football, fix that. But I just think they just need to have some sort of play in there. The NFL, I don't think they need a play-in system. I mean, there's very few teams every year that it's like, man, I wish they would have got in. I wish they would have had a chance. They could have made some noise if they got in. Like you, you just don't see like that in the NFL as much, but I like the play-in system. I'm one of those people that I I think the play-in system in the NBA is a decent idea. Now, yeah. the only problem is the NBA is one of those sports where it's a seven-game series setup. So no matter what team gets in there, like the only team right now playing in the play-in system that has a chance to come out of their conference is the Lakers. Like that's it. Like that's the only one the NBA will allow in a sense. I'm not saying the NBA is rigged, but the NBA definitely uh puts a lot of effort into helping some of those players and teams at times, but like the Lakers is the only team that's going to have a chance out of that setup. So to me as a Pacers fan, why would I want to win those play-in games? There's no, there's no point.
1: I mean, you have a point there. I just, I'm all for, if you want to add an eighth seed, go ahead, man. Eight, eight go against one and all that stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm all for it, dude. Get that create, Four rounds. I mean, that's I mean that's what it is now, but hey, I mean I I we probably run... won't see them expand anytime soon.
2: They just they just went to fourteen.
1: Yeah, they they just did. And the other thing is if you're gonna have everyone starting to play, are you gonna give every team a bye week after the regular season and then come to the playoffs or after the playoffs, no more bye weeks?
0: Maybe you if they get rid playing. of the Pro Bowl.
1: Maybe if
2: they get rid of the Pro Bowl and then they go straight in for the playoffs in the Super Bowl, maybe.
0: See, but.
1: Because here in the NBA, at least they gave them a week to prepare. And I, I feel lonely because I can't watch Luka Doncic do his thing. But I know what I'm going to get Saturday. But it's a week that they get. So maybe the NFL should do just that if they weren't to expand this thing and say, hey, everyone did their thing. Instead of giving one and two the bye, everyone gets a week. And then because it's a long, gruesome season, clearly gave everyone 17 games without two bye weeks. So you if you want to get two bye weeks, get in the playoffs. Get, get maybe,
2: in. maybe I'm just a person of habit, but it would be really weird for me not to see a team have a bye in the playoffs for the NFL. Like, I just feel like the one, like it was weird for me this last year where a two seed didn't earn a bye. Like, like it's just so strange. Like I just feel like that's just a thing that teams have always battled for they, that matters so much for, I mean, obviously the home field, it's a win and go home system. So the home field always matters more in a win and go home system than a series system anyway. But to me, I just don't think the play-in is ever something the NFL is ever going to go towards. I mean, the NFL PA and the NFL have, have been in so many arguments recently. I don't even think they're going to try to get too fancy with this kind of stuff. Um, I think they're going to keep it the 14-team system that they have, the seven on each side, the one team by and they're just going to keep rolling with it. Now, the thing that could change some things eventually is if they decide to finally to scrap the Pro Bowl, um, even if it was just like an events week, like something else. That like that's the major change that I could see the, the NFL making scheduling wise.
1: With the NFL, it's just hard to have an event like that because with NBA, you're not making contact with anyone. So it's easy and great to have those uh, miraculous dunks, those all-star games. It's amazing. And even when they put charity on the line, that's great. But in this game of football, even if they came up with a charity thing, are players really going to dig down deep to play this game all the way and something that's meaningless to them, let's be honest, the greater risk for injury in football is much greater than in the NBA. I mean, one wrong stick, one wrong leg plant, one wrong tackle or whatever can literally take you out for the next year. That's what it can do. I just don't – I don't – I think the events
2: could be – I think the events can just be – like non-contact events. Like I think the dodgeball game's fun. Like that's something they can keep. Like and then you could just go back in time. Like the quarterback throwing competitions they used to have. Like those could be entertaining. Or seven Um, on seven. Well just like random things you could come up with. Like there are way there there are a lot of mini games that would be fun that people would watch. I bet it would do better ratings than the Pro Bowl does.
1: Dude, I I haven't watched a Pro Bowl and I don't know how long. I think the last one was like 2016 because I think I wanted to see Ty when he led the league in uh, receiving yards. That I mean,
2: I, I used to watch the draft um, when they had like when they drafted the teams. Yeah, um, I've never watched that. I remember Andrew Luck getting drafted first, like overall, mm-hmm. and thinking we were we were big stuff. Colts right, <laughs> uh, but like. I always thought that system was cool because it just kind of felt like a fantasy system. So you were like getting to see like how people viewed like those players. But I mean, the Pro Bowl is just meh. Like I watch it because I love football, but I mean, it's not even really football. There's no defense, zero defense, no attempting at defense. It's just basically who, who can be the first one to score.
1: The ball carrier can't even run full speed. Like that's just scrap the whole thing, man. It's okay. Uh have a baseball basketball tournament between the teams. I mean, who doesn't want to see big Q running down being point forward? Who doesn't want to see that? I mean, do that instead. I, I, I I don't know with this whole thing with the NFL, just give, give us another, uh, give us another eight seed. And I think, I think we'll be moving just fine. I, I can't speak too much on this stuff because i think it's just going nowhere so uh moving on here guys manscape the lawnmower 4.0 is officially here and it is the best one yet get 20 percent off and free shipping with code fansided 20 at manscape.com that's 20 off with free shipping at manscape.com and use code fansided 20 unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscape so getting into some Colts football finally guys we're gonna start getting into some neat topics here and we're gonna start at training camp we're not training mini camp rather because it's mini camp so we gotta talk about our new guy wearing number two carson wentz having his first practice i don't know what in the world's been going on apparently there was things that Carson was missing practice. Oh no, he wasn't missing practice. He was saw seen out there. Oh no, he wasn't seen out there. I have been busy this week. I haven't been reading those articles, checking those updates. So Destin, what the hell has been going on? Um, So it looked
2: like he missed the first two days of mini camp practices because of some sort of illness, not COVID related. Um, so, he, like, he he got some sort of illness the last couple of days that just kept him out of practice. I mean, he was back out there today. Um, they didn't really make it seem like it was that big of a deal. So I'm sure, and then and they never really did even those two days. Like they kept reiterating that it wasn't COVID-related. So I mean, he's back out there with the team. Um, we, we got to see him throwing. Um, I would say in a Colts jersey, but obviously it's a non-contact red jersey, so it's not the same feel. But it's no pads. They're rocking those Colts hats out there. Um, so it's a, it's really our first look of him in active gameplay
1: with with a Colts any apparel on so that's cool to see yeah yeah definitely uh obviously that's I guess some Colts fans might look at it and say oh that's not the way to start but it is minicamp uh something I, I did want to touch on that actually just popped in my head uh here is that the fact that the team agreed and you know to be at minicamp for two weeks and then you know uh move on until training camp, you know, they're going to come here, do their thing, build their chemistry, and then they will be done. They'll be enjoying their well-deserved vacation, obviously probably going to be staying in shape, obviously. But I love that. The fact that Ballard or coaching staff, everyone values these guys that really do the work that really get on the field and put it all on the line. They value that and by, Agreeing to those demands, Ryan Kelly at NFLPA rep, they agreed to that. And I think that team, this team appreciates that so much. And it's so much it's so much easier to walk into work and say, man, I love coming here. I love talking with these guys, Ballard and all these guys, because there's nothing hanging over our head with, oh my gosh, man, I wish he would have just, why, why can't, you know how you're at work and you just, Had an argument one day about one thing that didn't go your way. You come in the next day and it's clouding your judgment. You're not working well with that person. I don't think that's what's going on here. And that's healthy for a great work environment, for chemistry, for a relationship with everyone in the building. I absolutely love that, man. I mean, I think the coolest thing about mini
2: camp right now, I mean, it's not it's, it's not like training camp. There's no pads. There's no helmets. There's no contact yet. Um, it's, it's, it's really just the biggest thing is we have a new quarterback. We have a new the most important position in the in the game of football. And he's able to build those relationships. He's, he's right now being able to be with all the guys. Um, Phillip Rivers didn't get that last year all of his was via zoom like they had to get in there I mean they, they said that some of the chemistry stuff wasn't even there until midseason last year because of that like so this is a big deal that he's going to be able to get in there he's going to get to know the guys I mean he's been throwing with guys already but there's, there's so many other guys on this team that he's getting able to meet. I think that's huge for him. I think it's huge for the rookies being able to get, get mini camp this year. They had their rookie camp, obviously, but now we're translating into where they're going to be able to be on the field with everybody. I mean, we're seeing Quiddy Pay next to De, um, DeForest Buckner. I mean, that, that's got to be a crazy feeling for these rookies being able to get out there, meet their teammates, put themselves out there. I mean, Pay's already running with the
1: first team. Yeah, I mean – uh I think I did see that I, I believe in one of those videos the coach released. So that was fun to see. Um, but continuing here with, with Carson Wentz, I really do love the fact because I feel like just minicamp, it's literally just everybody, let's learn what our roles are. Let's just go through the easy stuff real quick. You know, I like say for instance, Quitty Pay. What he came into minicamp for Brian Baker just laid it to him simple. Look, man, in these fronts in these signal calls, you're gonna be here. This is what we're gonna run. This is what we expect of you. We're not gonna get into all these stunts and all this until we get to training camp. So right now, I believe it's just, you know, refreshing on all the work you've done, refreshing and check double checking is Everyone here know, know what to do, know what their job is and let's move forward. That's what it's all. I believe this is just a chemistry building, get everybody together, get everybody with one another, And, hey, I mean, Carson Wentz, you said it. He's been throwing with the guys, but has he been in huddles? Has he been running seven on seven? Has he been running with linemen? Has he been communicating, chatting it up, getting with Kylan Granson? Has he been gotten with Mo'Ali Cox? Getting all that stuff together, getting with the coaching staff, it's big, man. Like like you said, pointed out with Phillip Rivers, this is big, especially for a guy who's 28 years old, still in the prime of his life. And – like i said man there's just no excuses and i'm excited to see how much more he he progresses the throws he was making that we saw from local media who, who put it on a uh, twitter shout out to those guys wonderful work they do uh i mean i don't really put a lot into that I, I think a lot of people can stand still and just drop back to pass not probably give it the throw that carson did but you feel pretty good about the throw that you make right i mean I'm over here thinking that I could play D1 football, and then reality hits. I throw an interception on a jet sweep fake pass. That, that that's just how it goes. Um, yeah, that was, they never ran that play back to me in high school again. So uh, <laughs> it was it was it was a misery. I was a linebacker for a reason, but um, I, I I just love that man. I mean, I'm excited to see where it goes. I don't expect much to be done, you know, going over maybe a little classroom work. Uh, learning plays and the veterans, vets, getting with the young guys, teaching them all this stuff. I, I, I really like it.
2: Yeah. I mean, all those things. I mean, th- th- those are the big things about mini camp and we're not going to find out a lot about like who's going to take these big steps until maybe training camp. We'll see a little bit more about who's improved their game. But the, the biggest thing for me too, is you're getting to hear from some guys that don't, speak out much in the offseason they're not big social media guys they really keep to themselves in the offseason one of those guys was big q um there was a lot of speculation this offseason of what the colts were going to do if 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 Quentin Nelson was on his way to get moved to left tackle, if they were going to draft a tackle, um, obviously we know now hindsight that they ended up signing Eric Fisher post the draft and that's their goal to be the left tackle whenever he gets healthy. Um, but I mean, Quentin Nelson was asked straight up um, about that situation. He said he wanted to stay at guard. Um, basically when he was asked um, why he wanted to stay at guard, he just kind of went in the fact that it's a position he's always played. It's the position he played in college so well it's It's the position that got him drafted to the NFL. It's the position that he's a three-time All-Pro at. Um, And, I mean, I think me and you have agreed the entire process. It didn't make sense. Um, for Quentin Nelson to really move over to tackle um, especially if he didn't want to Um, he's the caliber of guy that if he has no interest in moving over you don't move him over Um, you you don't force those kind of guys to move positions and I mean Quentin Nelson was really candid with the with the media about it this week and that was really cool to see just because we haven't been able to see his perspective out in the open like that
1: yeah and Quentin Nelson is a very outspoken guy. He is not scared, you know, with these interviews I've seen him do with Big Cat and Barstool and all these. I mean, he doesn't shy away from any questions. He'll give it to you straight. He'll give it to you. He's not going to sugarcoat things. And, you know, I mean, he did say that, I mean, if they needed to, then he would do it. But the fact that you just respect a player so much, hey, man, what do you want to do? You want to move? Do You want to stay? You want to stay? All right. Awesome. Let's move forward. Easy clean cut to the point and yeah we have agreed it it didn't make sense but i was a little bit more on board of hey man i mean why don't you just kick him out if he's open to it go ahead but it just and i mean your thing was you're weakening two positions that that's what you said i i mean i just think if you have an all pro guy who's a talented lineman you're, you're gonna be good at either spot he plays i mean that that's just the thing but I think where he drives this team is in the run game. Clearly, they run behind him a lot. So, uh, I, I think I saw somewhere on Twitter apparently, Quentin Nelson is not a team first guy. He's worried about his money, his position, doesn't want to do what the team needs. I mean, I mean, if that was the case, left tackle makes more than anything, right? I mean, that, that's the thing, and oh my god, I just, I just don't understand some of those comments sometimes, but. Uh, yeah I mean there's nothing really more to talk about with, with with Big Q I mean he's gonna do what he does at left guard he's still gonna put people on their ass he's gonna pancake them he's gonna be another all-Pro so that that's really it but moving on here Paris is now 100 he put the emojis on it on Twitter he put it out there like any other football player will these days you know we're not we're no longer waiting for the injury report. We're no longer waiting to hear from coaches. We just log on Twitter and we see that he's healthy again. So now that he is his own reporter, what does this mean for the Colts now that Paris is 100%? And Paris Campbell's had maybe the
2: worst injury luck um, since he's entered the NFL as, as anybody. Um, I mean, we, we, we the, the serving size that the coaches and that we've gotten of him is so small. Like, it just seems like he always looks so explosive on the field. I mean, you can see the separation every time he's on the on the on a snap, like he just gets it. Um, he's a guy who has all the skills. It's just we can't see it enough um, because of the injuries. And I mean, I'm happy for him. He's gotten back to 100 percent. I'm just hoping that we get a good enough serving size this year, so the co- the Colts can at least see what they have in Paris Campbell. I mean, I want that for Paris. I want that for the Colts. I want that for us. Like, I I want to know what Paris Campbell is. Um, and I mean, if that's a T.Y. Hilton successor, um, and we think that's the skill set Paris Campbell is, then let's let's start grooming that. But we, we we don't know what we have, and that's the biggest thing. But it was really good to hear that he was 100. percent. We're not going to have to see him hindered throughout the training camp we're not gonna have to see him lobbying like taking days off because of it like he's gotten the full stamp of approval he's back to 100 he's ready to go I mean he's fired up about it the new number the new start rocking that number one that uno that he likes to call it I mean I'm super excited for Paris Campbell and I mean I think Colts fans everywhere are just so
1: curious to see what this kid has I mean I'm you said it, we're excited to see what this guy can be, but we're, we're not saying we're excited because we know what he is. Um, the, the thing about Paris is I, I tend to have a little bit more questions, I guess you could say, than excitement when we get start getting closer to the season. With Paris, for, for a guy like Paris, and Chad Henry, the area scout that scouted Paris Campbell during his draft process – he literally just described him as a just rocket jet, just with burst. He's a sucker for that. And he he was all he also was not much of a receiver. When he got to Indy, he was gonna develop. He was gonna learn to run the entire route tree, to learn to anticipate. And I feel like these injuries have pushed that back so much. I mean, he's been. I mean, yeah, he's played in, game, like, I think it was seven games his rookie year, but he wasn't practicing. He wasn't doing any of that. So how much development has he got into three years and having multiple leg injuries? How much is that taking away from your burst? That's th- Those are questions that we, we have to see. I mean, with this Colts team, man, you, it's plenty of excitement, but there's so, uh, I mean – there's so many questions about the team. But for Paris, man, I mean, to me, he looked good uh, in that small little clip. Obviously, you look – anyone can look good uh, going against air. And But the thing is, just get him going, get his legs going again, and get his, get his chemistry back up with Carson Wentz. So, again, I'm ready to see where Paris Campbell can take his game. I'm not expecting the biggest things, man. I'm just not because I just feel like his – Development has been pushed back tremendously, so I'm actually lowering my expectations of him. Although I wouldn't be surprised if game one is kind of like week one last year when they were just going to Paris, going to Paris. I think he had what six catches for 72 yards in that game, I believe. So, I mean, you saw what Frank and he was a focal point. Yes, he was a focal point. You could just see that like
2: the plays were being designed for Paris. He had two
1: two catches on the first drive right
2: yeah i mean i think so and then i think the next time out was when he got the attempt over towards the sideline and you saw the injury happen
1: oh yeah 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 i remember that um man that sucked but for paris man i'm excited to see where it is and (laughs) i mean again so much so much potential in this next topic I mean, if you want to talk about potential, oh my gosh, I don't want to get too excited about this. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't want to get my hopes up. But damn it, Kenny Moore and T.Y. Hilton are not helping it, okay? Um, There's a guy that resides in uh, Georgia. Destin, I'm not sure if you've heard of him. He's basically dominated the league at his position. He has been a franchise guy. No nonsense guy. He doesn't bicker, he doesn't whine like guys in Cleveland and Pittsburgh. He doesn't do any of that stuff. Um, he's probably your favorite receiver's favorite receiver. He he probably is. And he's probably my favorite receiver over Ty Hilton. I'm not uh, over Michael Pittman. Hey, That's- Ty Hilton
2: Ty Hilton today said on Twitter that this guy is who he he believes is the best receiver in the NFL. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Nothing has changed. I know he's dealt with injuries and everything, but dude, come on. Julio Jones at 32, he's better than Des Bryant was at 26. I mean, oh man, Destin, you got to take the horns on this one, man. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I want to take a second to calm myself down to know what I want to say. I
2: mean, so the question at hand is, should the Colts trade for Julio Jones? I mean, all signs are saying that the Falcons want to move Julio Jones. Um, It'll probably be after the June 1st threshold, um, just because the cap hit and um, some of the dead cap will be a little bit different for Atlanta than I believe. So, I mean, the question is, should the Colts trade for Julio Jones? It's not, do I want them to trade for Julio Jones? I need to remind myself that. I'm, I'm going to say the Colts shouldn't trade for Julio Jones. I mean, that, that's my answer. Um, I just don't think it's um, you trade the draft capital. It's probably going to take um, for a guy like Julio Jones to be traded at this point. I mean, even at 32, like you said earlier, I mean, he, like, he's just, I think he's a lock to be a top five receiver in the NFL. I mean, there, there's very few guys I would take over him. Like I think the only guy that I can think that I'm saying hundred percent, I would take, I would take Devonte Adams over Julio Jones.
1: Not DeAndre Hopkins?
2: I would take DeAndre Hopkins over Julio Jones as well. So I think oh, okay, you're right. Okay. So, those, so those two.
1: Okay. Yeah. But I think I think that's the two that I would take. Yeah, that's the only ones.
2: And I mean, even at age 32, I mean he has some injury concerns. That that's always hard for me to do a trade like that for. Um, but the dude's so talented. Like this is not a situation where I say they shouldn't trade for him, but if they do, I'm upset. Like, that, like that's nowhere near the case because you're still getting Julio freaking Jones. Like, like I, I don't even know how I'll be able to like handle myself. Now, the biggest thing is he cannot go to Tennessee. Um, I don't care what has to happen. Um, if the Colts have to get into the trade just so he doesn't go to Tennessee, do it um, because I do not want to play him twice a year. I don't want to have to listen to Titans fans talk about getting Julio Jones. So that cannot happen. But to answer the question, should the Colts trade for Julio Jones?
1: I reluctantly say no. So, to in my opinion, yeah, I mean, I I, I would fear Julio Jones in Tennessee, but I wouldn't fear Tennessee. I would fear Julio Jones. Um, man, should the should the Colts trade for Julio Jones?
0: If, uh, I, if, I,
2: if I put some compensation behind it, if I just put a projected trade, what it would take.
1: Oh, Jesus. Would
2: that make it easier for you to say yes or no? Uh so like if, if the Falcons called and they needed a third next year, because we can't trade our first or second because we don't know which one's gonna Yeah, go. we, we don't know. Um, I mean we could offer them whichever one doesn't go in the wins trade, I guess. I don't know how that would work with stipulations and stuff, but you could try. Mm. But let, let let's instead of getting into all those what if worlds, let's say a third next year and a second the next after that. So uh, so a third in 2022 and a second in 2023, and you get Julio Jones. You pay him 15 this year, and then you pay him 11 the next two years.
1: I would do it. I would do it. Um, a couple of things that I'm going to point out. We talked about it in free agency draft comp picks. You got to think that we're going to get some of those. That's some capital to trade up into the draft. Regardless, if you have the first or second, you're still going to be in a good spot. The good thing about Ballard, where he is right now, he's got most of these holes on the line or on the on the team. He's got them covered. Wide receiver, quarterback, running back, defensive line, corner, safety. He's got them covered. So there's not going to be a bigger emphasis on trying to find answers in 2022 draft so i think that's a option there how comfortable or how confident is he that possibly marcus brady morocco brown can get head coach gm jobs and you can snack two third rounders then it it just depends but for that package look Ty Elton has one more year left we don't know how those contract negotiations are are gonna go next season i'm not sure if jim mercy is gonna give him a call again I don't know, and that's what made it happen—a call from Jim Ursay. So, if you're telling me if I can get Julio Jones, and in my opinion, you can still get two elite seasons out of him. Oh yes, absolutely. Why? Why not? Why not strengthen a strength? Well, I, I, okay, I don't know if the wide receiver core is a strength yet because we don't know what pair is. Uh, Michael Pittman I do assume he will be the number one receiver but man number one receiver number one receiver
2: production wise like what's production without or number one or number one as in he gets the most
1: targets oh actually I honestly think both possibly but I honestly think here's actually a hot take I actually think Paris Campbell might get targeted more than T.Y. and Michael Pittman if he's Yeah, if he's healthy, I truly believe that. But also, Michael Pittman, another if he if Julio comes back, what is that conversation for number eleven like? What what is that? Honestly, I would love to see Julio Jones in eighty eight. I would love. He's a guy that who's been. He's a guy. Stop it! Stop this blasphemy. On this podcast, hey man, Julio you are not, Jones is a hall of famer already. He's a hall of famer.
2: Marvin he, Marvin Harrison already has his jacket. He's already absolutely. there. Absolutely. No what one's wearing 88. No, no, Michael. Michael. Michael, what do you stop want to it. Put him you're, in a, you're ahead of yourself. Oh no, here's the thing. Um, this is this is what happens. If they trade for Leo Jones, we sit Michael Pittman down right before the trade. Chris Bauer brings him into his office. Michael Pittman's probably shaking his boots, think he's getting cut or something. Um, and he sits down. He's like, here's the thing, Michael. That 11 jersey, you didn't give it to Wins, so I understand. We just traded for Julio Jones. You're, you're going to give him 11. This isn't the if, ands, or buts. We'll give you a bonus. Um, you and your soon-to-be wife and child will have a few more million dollars somehow, some way. But that 11 jersey is going to go to Mr. Julio Jones. And, and then you f- get 88. Stop it. Stop trying to give away these beautiful numbers
1: that are hey, retired dude, for a reason. Hey, come on, man. I mean, they are they 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 have great things in store. But look, come on, man. You don't. Think I I, I
2: believe it, I believe after time there are some arguments to unretire certain jersey numbers. Marvin right. Harrison is not one of the ones I think will be unretired for a very long time i think it'll take a lot i mean 18 you're not going to see someone wearing 18 in indianapolis anytime soon
1: oh yeah no that that that's already a for sure thing that's never going to be worn again but i mean it honestly who
2: but hey if if
1: you asked me if i asked you 87 or
2: 88 which one would be more disrespectful to be worn
1: None is getting disrespectful. Oh, no Stop
2: it. Stop it. That's it. it
1: if you were giving, if you were giving Zach Paschal those numbers, who the hell is Zach Paschal? But you. Whoa, have, whoa, whoa, whoa. Have, we,
2: we, we respect Zach Paschal on this podcast. No,
1: I'm talking about if you have an elite monster robot coming into town. Yeah, he I gets mean, his number
2: eleven. He doesn't. He doesn't. No, he
1: gets if Pittman... Once in. if he puts up a fight, no, I won 11. If I'm Julio, all right, man. Hey, Jim, you you know that uh, number 88? Yeah, I'm a, I'm aware of that. I don't care what you say. I'm going to wear that. I'm not asking you. I'm just letting you know that's what I'm going to wear. So I would say, I think I would
2: rather 88 be worn before 87. I, I think it's just because, not, not because Reggie Wayne's a better receiver than Marvin Harrison, just because Reggie Wayne just has its, a way larger emotional pull yes, uh, pulls fans yes, than Marvin yes, Harrison. Yes. I mean, he, like, he really does like, like the, the Reggie chants are infamous in, in Luke, in Luke's soil stadium. And plus and, he's and, in my RC era. Oh I yeah. Got, sure. I got to see Reggie play. I never and got more than see, Marvin. Like we, we got to see yeah. a little bits of Marvin when we were young. Yeah. Like, and, but a lot of it was like, the the injured marvin harrison near the end um the marvin i mean marvin harrison never wanted to get tackled he was always a guy who dove out of bounds but it was even worse near the end of his career like he wasn't allowing himself to get touched ever dude was 2012
1: the greatest reggie wayne season with andrew luck luck's rookie year dude that i don't know man i mean that year was so good
2: at his age it was incredible for sure it was but, I mean, yeah, he, he, he had some years with with Peyton. And... <sighs> Reggie, we miss you, wherever you are. If I had to have one former Colt on, we, we, we've had some great conversations with former Colts. I've loved every single one of them. It's been amazing to talk to all these guys. But if I had to pick one person to talk to, former Colt,
1: it'd be Peyton Manning or Reggie Wayne. And it's a lot closer than people probably think. I'm actually torn between Tony Dungy and Reggie Wayne. I'm torn between those guys. Hey, I, 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 I and we've had this conversation about Tony Dungy. He there, there are very few people I
2: respect in this world more than Tony Dungy. Like Tony Dungy could write a book on his deathbed, and I'd buy it.
1: Yes. And, and mm-hmm.
2: I may still try to get him to sign it.
1: Yeah, like that. That's just how it is. And when it comes to Peyton Manning, until he starts doing a little bit more stuff for the Indianapolis Colts, then I'll start loving him a little bit more. God, gee, all I see is Broncos commercials, commercials in Denver, charities in Denver, all this other crap, and nothing gets done in freaking Indianapolis. Um, oh, my gosh, dude. But the potential of Julio Jones in this offense, dude, I – oh, my god, I still wouldn't say – Super Bowl, but man, I it would be so hard, and I would, you would
2: flip your you would flip the script on your seven win projection though, that right? Would, right, in I an would, instant.
1: Yes, but I would even emphasize even more, Carson. There is a huge problem if you fail with this team. There is a huge problem, and all I'm gonna say, should the Colts trade for him, uh, Kyle, who does phenomenal work for the cap, says the Colts don't have the cap space. It doesn't matter if they don't. If a team wants a player with a fat contract, they're going to get said player with a fat contract, no matter how much cap hell they're in. The salary cap's a myth.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you it, want to get around it, it, there's ways around it. I mean, we, we I mean, saw the we saw the Chiefs and Saints this offseason get out of their situations. I mean, you can't tell me that the Colts can't find a way to free up like one point whatever million dollars it would take to make up the room to get Julio Jones. If they want Julio Jones, Cap is not the reason not to go get him. The draft capital, I would understand. The cap, I mean, whatever. But moving on to our last topic of the day, this is the one call technology topic of the day. One call technology is a managed telecom service provider whose senior staff has over a hundred plus years of experience in virtually every aspect of business communications, business phone system, installation and services managed telecom service providers, telecom carrier management and high-speed internet. Head on over to one calls website at www.onecalltech.com or give them a call at 888. 585 8850 and tell them the blue stable sent you the last topic. I mean, moving on to a little bit more of a stour topic, maybe for some people, the the Colts, man, this is a way too early look, but the Colts have to pay a lot of people before 2022. So many guys who have contracts up Um, Michael real quick. I'm just going to read you off the list. Uh, I'm going to try to only do the ones of, even, semi, uh, even semi-significance. even semi Because, I mean, for for just a reference, I mean, the Colts have, including restricted free agents, have 41 guys um, whose contracts are up. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, they have 90 guys on the roster right now. Yep. So, I mean, that's incredible. But so some guys that really matter when talking about I me, mean, Xavier Rhodes is going to be up again. Um, TJ Carey is going to be up again. Kimoku Toure is going to be up. Alquan, Alquan Muhammad is going to be up. Alcadine. Um, hey, hey, I knew I was going to mess it up. Um, Taquan Lewis is going to be up. Newcomer Isaac Rochelle is going to be up if he makes the roster. He will um, Taylor Stallworth, an undrafted free agents guy who has found a place here in the NFL, is going to be up. Um, Mark Glowinski is going to be up. Braden Smith is going to be up. Chris Reed, a newcomer, is going to be up. Darius Leonard's going to be up. Eric Fisher, new tackle, is going to be up. Matthew Adams, Zaire Franklin. I mean, some people might not think they're significant, but they're pretty big special teams guys on this team. Huge special teams, especially Zaire Franklin. Marlon Mack's going to be up, obviously. Naeem Hines is going to be up. Jordan Wilkins, Sam Tevy, who just got brought in. moali Cox is going to be up. T.Y. Hilton's going to be up. Zach Paschal, um, DeMichael Harris, um, my guy, Michael's guy. Um, and then Ashton Doolin um, is,
1: are going to be up. I mean, holy crap. That's a, that's I, a ton. I, I have an early prediction. 2022 is going to be the first time we see Chris Ballard use the franchise tag. I think that's w- what's going to happen, whether it fits the – hold a player to get an extension done that way he doesn't go and uh sign somewhere else or he will literally say hey I'm just gonna place this on you and you'll play on it this year even though that's not his mo Uh, I
2: hope you're wrong I hope they're able to get deals done without it yeah I I, I hate the franchise tag yeah the past I've always respected the culture against it I mean Jim Ursay has kind of even spoke against it in the past um so I mean I feel like there's a reason that even as the GMs have went in and out, like it's just been so long since the Colts used it. The last person the Colts used it on was Pat McAfee. um, (laughs) And I I believe they used it to get a deal done um, before. Like, so it wasn't even a actual playing on the franchise tag situation. And I mean, the only guy I'm trying to think, because to me, I think Darius Leonard's contract is going to get done before the season.
1: Well, yeah, Darius, I'm not even considering him in this talk. If there's one guy that I know for sure that I'm going to re-sign off this list. Brayden Smith, Darius Leonard, they're, they're out of it. They're going to get re-signed here in the next couple of months or month. Um, uh, Naeem Hines, the only guy. He, he's the only guy. Zach Paschal, I'll let him test the market. TY, I'll let you test the market. Uh, so, here, so
0: here's the
2: thing. I think I would switch one thing because Naeem Hines, because the way the franchise tag works, I mean – I don't know if Naeem Hines needs to make top five running back money. I mean, now I think the situation you could use is if you had to use it on somebody, I may use it on Braden Smith, because that's probably where his contract's going to be anyway. And then you I mean, you can sign it and then you can just move it on that way. Um, I think they get a deal done as well. I mean, he wants to be here. I think Naeem Hines will probably get a deal done faster than we think, because he wants to be here. But we're going to see guys – oh, George Odom, I didn't say earlier. I apologize. Um, also a big special teams guy. He just got hurt this last week, which is sad. We're hoping he has a full recovery. He says he's going to be good for training camp. So um, he had to have surgery on his leg, it looked like, after an injury. But I, I think the biggest thing is we're going to see some guys leave that we don't want to see leave.
1: Um, we I would do not want to see leave, though.
2: I mean, I think Mark Glowinski a guy – to, to, to highlight that could be someone that the Colts end up letting go. Um, they have some interesting options at guard behind him that they could look at to see if they could be in that future realm at guard. He's a guy that I could see not getting re-signed. I mean, there are Colts fans that love Xavier Rhodes. I cannot imagine if he, if he has another year like last year that his market's not going to be better. Like his market, the corner market this year just wasn't that lucrative for most other than like the top two names. So, I mean, Xavier Rhodes, the dry market kind of led him back to us. But, man, I mean, everyone else, it would be tough to put the franchise tag on. It would take guys having crazy years. I mean, Toure, you're not going to put the franchise tag on currently unless he had some crazy year this year. Right. None of the special teams guys you're going to give it to. Maybe T.Y. Hilton if he just wants one more year um, type of thing to get him back. Zach Paschal, you're not going to use it on but he's going to be unrestricted this next time he was restricted this past time. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I hate, I hate the franchise tag so much. I'm just going to find a way off of it. If I had to pick one person that gets to use the franchise tag on, I'd probably say Braden Smith. Now I will say this. I want to know who is the biggest name that you think has a chance to not be brought back to Indy, whether it's, they move on elsewhere because they are going to get more money or the Colts let them walk, or maybe they retire. Um, any of those situations. But which of the notable names that I read off do you think could not return to Indy following this year?
1: Uh, Mark Glowinski, one of them. Um, possibly to retirement. Uh, I mean – Xavier Rhodes, I just envisioned T.Y. Hilton coming back. The pandemic and all this stuff just had just really put a a big bummer on what contract he he potentially could have gotten, a multi-year one. Uh, I can't really think of anything else, man. Everyone else that are free agents, I don't consider big-time players uh, other than, Obviously, Leonard, Smith, Hilton, Rhodes, everyone else. I mean, Alkaneen Mohammed, Kamoko, Toure, Hines, Hines,
2: Hines. Yeah, I not, I say Hines would be to that group of guys that you just can't let walk. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think the two. I think the two that you said are probably the two I would say that. Glowinski and Rhodes, I would not be shocked if they're gone. Glowinski, I could see maybe hanging it up um, if that came to terms. Um, Rhodes, I, th- I think if he has another year like last year, he'll be able to give money elsewhere. I still think he's going to regress this year. I want to be wrong, Colts fans, I do. I just don't think the odds of him replicating this past year are likely. Um, I-, I would say that they're pretty unlikely, actually. I hope I'm wrong, Colts fans. I really do. I mean, I've gotten a lot of crap from Colts fans about believing that. But those are the guys that I for sure think we could see walk. I think maybe one of Matthew Adams or Zaire Franklin we could see walk because they maybe want to try to get some actual linebacker play um, and not just special teams work. Um, maybe one of them. I mean, I don't see a team where they can actually come in and produce the starting middle line, like linebacker right away.
1: But we'll see what happens. Hey, I mean, I will say this. With as many guys have, as we have, I would not be surprised if a guy is traded. I I would not at be surprised. At training camp? Training camp or in the season at the deadline. If someone needs a rusher and they want Kamoko Toure or al Muhammad, I mean – I, I Ben Banagoo. No, shut up. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, I, I, I could honestly see someone getting traded. Obviously, Jordan Wilkins is the obvious name. I think but, we'll see a good amount of guys get traded at training camp cuts this year. Um,
2: I think we have a very deep roster. I think there are multiple guys that could not make our roster that could definitely produce on other teams. Um, I think some, I think a few of these defensive linemen could be a few of them. Um, Taylor
1: stalwart. If he loses the battle with Anton Woods, as I expect he will, He'll be picked up rather quickly. He, he will. He- and, I, and
2: I think you could get a day three pick out of him, uh, like a seventh somewhere for just because you're going to cut him. Like yeah. I think you could get that out of him. I still think Jordan Wilkins is the guy that could get dealt at training camp. If, if some of these young running backs on the end of the roster can impress um, here in the next fo- um, couple of months. Um, I think he's a guy who could get traded. I mean, there's so many linebackers on this roster that, that are gonna have that one's gonna have to get cut. If one's Zaire Franklin or Matthew Adams, maybe their tenure and their expertise on special teams is enough to get a draft pick out of them. Who knows?
1: There's only six of them. I mean, it just depends on how many they're gonna keep. I mean, EJ Speed, time to play him, Matthew Adams. I think Matthew Adams has done well at Sam. I, like, the times I've seen him, he's been, been, he's been pretty good in run defense. He, I think he is a
2: solid fill-in guy, but he is not someone I could ever expect to play multiple snaps. Like The thing that no, I'm worried about is Anthony – We don't
1: play multiple snaps from the Sam position, though.
2: I, I guess that's true. But, I mean, the biggest thing for me is – I mean, I know a lot of Colts fans didn't like Anthony Walker – um, they, they they hated that he was bad in coverage. Um, I hate that when they have one thing that they, that is not a strength for them. It's probably a weakness, you could even say. like That's the thing that gets hit on so much, even though Anthony Walker had so many parts of his game that were fun to watch. Um, and the biggest thing is now that he's gone, I mean, so many of these other linebackers are going to get actual snaps. I mean, Darius Leonard hasn't shown he can play a full season healthy. Uh, he's not done that yet um, that's not something we can just expect um, coming from him so I mean there's going to be games from Bobby Okariki's out there with one of those other guys starting if Darius Leonard can't play the entire season yep hey I mean
1: look these guys played under Anthony Walker it's time to step up EJ Speed learning from Anthony learning from Darius time to step up it's it's one of those things, man. I mean, I truly expect there's going to be six uh, linebackers. I mean, Jordan Glasgow, special teamer. Um, I mean, the running backs: Deion Jackson, Darius uh, Anderson, former TCU Horn Frog Jet. Uh, man, I, I I look forward to hearing about him in training camp. I can't wait to see what he's got, what he can show. But yeah, man, I expect this list to actually get shorter after training camp, obviously once there's cuts made and everything, but yeah, man, that's, that's all uh, I have to say about this. I think we're, we're probably about to wrap it up now.
2: Yeah. I mean, super thankful for everybody listening again, super glad to be back. Um, I think me and Michael just went through a whole episode without arguing. Um, So wherever you are, I think you guys should clap for us. Like, um, I think me and Michael showed that we don't hate each other on a live broadcast. I mean, that's crazy. Good for us. We're out here being friends and crap. Um, I mean, I, I think we missed, we, we didn't say this in the beginning, but I mean, you, you guys are listening to the blue stable, the official Colts podcast of fans cited. i super thankful for fans and believing in us and promoting our work and helping to get us to more Colts fans out there. Um, we have some super exciting things coming here soon. that we We're going to want you guys to be on the lookout for, um, we might have some season. We might have some tickets to give away for next season coming up. We, we, I think we're planning a tailgate um, event for next year that we're going to want you guys to come to, but super excited, man. Lo- love being able to have this platform and love that we can able, we're able to bring you guys
1: Colts content. Yeah, absolutely. The tailgate we are absolutely excited about. Tickets. We're going to be taking over the Lucas Oil Stadium Blue Stable Takeover. Uh, so I I can't wait for it, man. I can't, I, I can't wait to get to Indianapolis, get, get with you guys, go to Indy and see what the hell Indy has to offer. Cause all I hear. Stay stay at Hotel Adams. Yeah. Stay at Hotel Adams. where free breakfast, uh, maids, uh, dry cleaning and all that stuff. uh, All that stuff is available. I even hear they got a valet and I have my own chauffeur already. So, um, Hey, I mean, I, I can't wait. Uh, I, I just can't, man. I can't wait to get to Indy. So, that'll, that'll do it for this episode of the show, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Like Destin said, thank you to Fansided. We are the official Colts podcast for Fansided, guys. We will see you next week. Oh, and enjoy those NBA playoffs. And I guarantee you will enjoy Luka bending the Clippers over and doing god awful things to them. All right. So, Mavs and six. I'm out.